Welcome to Men Talk, the podcast that takes a deep dive into the world of miscarriage, infertility, infant loss, and stillbirth. Hosted by Daniel Landau, founder of menshelpline.org, we'll be sitting down every week with real guys to discuss their stories, struggles, and triumphs. So grab a drink, sit tight, and let's talk. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Men Talk podcast, where men talk about miscarriage, infant loss, stillbirth, and infertility. Today's guest is Rabbi Ilan Glazer. Ilan, the floor is yours. Feel free to introduce yourself, share us a little bit of your story, your journey, and then we'll go from there. The floor is yours. Take it away. Well, thanks so much. It's an honor to be here with you and really appreciate the opportunity to share my own experience and journey and to hear some others on your on your podcast. So thanks so much for making this happen. Um, I'm here because... My wife and I have been on this journey, unfortunately, and tomorrow, as we record this, will be six months since our son Shamaria was stillborn. And the ramifications of that are still with us, of course. We are still finding our way, and we are still trying him and honor his memory in all the best ways. But it's been a difficult journey we've been on, and... It's one that I wouldn't wish upon anyone, but more and more people we are hearing have been on these kinds of journeys. And these are stories that we need to share and we need to hear so that those of us who go through it can feel like we have some community and support from others. And I'm, I don't want to say I'm happy to have been on this journey, but I'm grateful for the people who've reached out to us and helped us and comforted us and given us some, some sense of meaning during this, during this process. And we're hoping to do that for others as well. So six months you've been on this journey. I mean, obviously it's unfortunate that you had, you know, stillborn. Uh, the statistics are, one in four pregnancies ended in miscarriage, one in eight couples struggled with infertility, and one in 160 births ended in a stillbirth. So, you know, Alan, you should know that you're not alone. The guy to your left, the guy to your right probably has gone through it. Um, so I know it's not easy, and I appreciate you coming on to, to share your journey. So take us back a little bit. After this, after the baby was born, still, unfortunately, how how did you handle it? What did you do? How did you, you take the news? What was What was going through your mind? I, it was definitely one of the hardest days I've ever, I've ever had. And I will say that it was not a surprise to us that he would be born still. Um, He, uh, over the course of our pregnancy with him, we discovered through various tests that his, his brain and his body were not developing the way that it needed to in order to be healthy. So we, we knew this was coming and we had to make a very, a very hard and difficult decision to, to say goodbye to him sooner rather than letting him come into the world for a short time. And this was our third attempt at IVF and each one of them, as I'm sure many of our listeners know, uh, requires lots of needles and hormones and pills and shots and just, uh, you know, an emotional roller coaster. And when we then the first two didn't work and the third one finally did, and we were just 
so excited that finally our hopes of bringing a child into our house were were coming true. And the day after we told the world on Facebook that we were pregnant, we went in for a scan and found out that things were not so good, which led to other testing, which led to other testing, which led to where we got to. And so unfortunately, we we did make the decision that we made. I don't say that, unfortunately, I stand by that decision, but unfortunately, we had to. And we had to go into the hospital to end the pregnancy, which was just awful. And we tried to say goodbye to him and connect with him. And but that is a that is a terrible thing to have to do. And then we went home and we went back several days later for them to induce. And my wife Sherry had to go through the whole neighbor process, which took a couple of days in and of itself. And when he was born at uh, four something in the morning, it was on the one hand a relief to know that at least the labor process was over, but to hold to hold our son Shamaria and to not have that oh yay we're having a son or oh yay look at what just happened everything's amazing feeling which is what we want for all parents. We didn't have that. We just had this feeling of utter devastation. And and why does this happen to us? And just, we miss him. We missed him then. We miss him now. And it was a really difficult time. I'm sure it still is. And, you know, I'm sure you think about him every every single day. I want to go back a sec before we get back into, you know, your story, your journey. You mentioned you went through the IVF cycles. So as a guy going through IVF and taking part in it, how did you deal with that as well? Were you giving your wife the shots? Were you optimistic during the two-week wait? Like, obviously, you got the news that the, the cycle worked and you and you were pregnant. Things were going well. But... How did you deal with that with the other attempts that that you've had before this one what was what was going through your mind? what was going through you know throughout your journey? How did you handle it yeah i v f is a bit of a roller coaster and an expensive one at that and our insurance coverage covers some things, but not a lot of the medications and even when we found discounted options, still thousands of dollars for each one. And, you know, fine. We were able, thank God, to, to, to make that happen. But yes, I went with Sherry to every doctor's appointment and I went with Sherry. Um, anytime there was a scan, any, anything that happened, I wanted to be part right from the start. And while I didn't really want to, I did. I did give her the shots. So we did that ourselves. And, um, and once or twice I used the rock needle and we had to, you know, remember how this went because when you're, when you're both waking up bleary eyed in the morning, all oh, right, is it that needle or is it that needle? And some of the medications you need to switch bottles and it's confusing. And, you know, yeah, and, and, you know, I, I didn't get a nursing degree in rabbinical school, but, um, 
I, I decided that I wanted to be as, as, as much a part of the process as I could. And I did not want Sherry to feel like she had to go through this alone. And it was not easy for either of us. I'm certainly grateful that, you know, I'm not the one that the shots had to go into and I didn't have to take the hormones. So while it was definitely hard for me, there's no question that it was harder for her. I'm glad that you took part in it because a lot of guys take a step back and they don't really want a part of it. They think they have issues with it, not just giving the shots, but they think it's, you know, makes them less of a man. They don't want to deal with it. So the fact that you went to every scan, gave her the shots, I and mean, that, that's, that's a huge step. Do you feel that that helped also with communication in your relationship? Like, did it make you stronger as a couple? No question. No question. There, it was the only way it would work for us. And, and we've been on, you know, we've been on this journey together for, for almost five years now. And we, we have, we have a very loving, connected, warm connection and we work hard to maintain it. And anytime either of us is going through something, we prioritize the emotional connection and supporting the other one. And I could not in any good conscience, just say, well, go to the doctor and ask them to give you these shots three times a day or every morning or whatever it was. Uh, What kind of father would I be to say, you know, that I wasn't willing to do that. And, and okay, there were things for me to learn and I had to deal with my own anxiety around that. And am I going to put it in the right skin area and am I using the right bottle and all that? But yes, okay. I can, I can learn how to do that. And, and I, I, I don't miss giving those shots, but I, I would, I would absolutely do it again in a heartbeat if we go down that route. So you mentioned that you had to deal with your anxieties about giving the shot. How did you get over those anxieties? Did you listen to music? What 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 did you do to change your sort of your mindset to say, hey, we're in this together. I'm going to give the shots, even though it's scary. What did you do? Yeah, so what, what helped us a lot is we were using a book that was put out by Maim Chaim Amikvah in Boston. And it's a book that, that has guided intentions for people going through the fertility journey. And we, they have, uh, they have a few verses that they encouraged people to connect with, to meditate on. And because I'm a musician and sometimes a composer, melodies came to me for some of these verses. And so what really helped shift it for us is when we started singing as part of our shot process, right? It just allowed us to connect with a different energy and to remember also why we were doing this. It wasn't just about giving Sherry a shot. It was, it was our prayer that we soul into our house who we could raise and who we could love. So uh, the melodies really helped change things for us in a beautiful way. That's so important to use whatever hobby you have and, and, and coordinate that with throughout the entire journey. As a musician, creativity, whatever you can use, whether it be sports, whether it be music, whether it be walking, hiking, drawing, use it, channel it. It really helps. Definitely. 
Did so, the same thing help after you know your touch was a stillborn? Yeah, yeah. I will say that one of my one of my favorite teachings comes from Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, who said that there are only three ways to respond to sadness. The first is to cry out. The second is to and the third is to turn sorrow into song. And in that moment, in that grief, thank God songs have come through me and have been part of this journey. They've really, they've really helped and, and, and we are still singing his music and we feel very, very much as if Shamaria has been sending melodies our way. And I'm starting to work on a, on an album of these melodies that we hope can, can help other families who are going through this and other grieving situations feel like something can support them. And for me, music has always been a powerful part of my journey. And I would, I would be in a much worse place as, if, if music weren't a part of these, of these six months. And not only are you using music, but you started a, a Facebook group. Right, there's a Facebook group to to help other people as well going through it. Yes, we we I I wanted a community where we could find Torah and wisdom around miscarriage and stillbirth and child loss. And uh, when we shared our experience publicly on Facebook, there were probably about twenty or thirty people who reached out to us to tell us that they had gone through something similar. And we needed more support. We needed more community and we wanted to learn from others experience. And we found not a whole lot of resources and there wasn't really a Facebook group for uh, that, that we could interact with other people. And so having, having started a previous group around uh, addiction in the Jewish community, I decided, okay, let's start another one. And uh, we reached out to those 20 or 30 people and put a small group together to help make it happen. And it's called Our Love Continues. And for Jewish parents who've gone through carriage, stillbirth, or death of a child at any age, it's already become a, a meaningful and nourishing community for us to share our stories, our struggles, even our celebrations, and to find ways in which Jewish wisdom and community can help get us through these difficult times. And the group is, 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 I'm really grateful that many have joined and anyone who feels called is certainly welcome to do so. Our love continues on Facebook. Wow. So you felt like there was a need for community. Is there anything else you wish that the hospital provided you or throughout the IVF journey, the stillbirth? Like, what do you wish? was there for you at the time? I wish that... I wish the Jewish world would have trainings for clergy and Jewish educators and and talked more about when things don't as we want them to. We still, in the Jewish world, don't talk about 
quite a few issues that we'd rather avoid because they're hard topics. But if so many people are going through them, we're missing out on an opportunity to reach people where they are. And I so wanted a Jewish community that could say, we've been through this and we're here to support you. And here are some, here is some Torah, here is some guidance, here is some inspiration to help you while you go, while you go through this difficult time. Um, we did have, we did have a funeral and Shiva and we decided to, um, have a traditional burial and, 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 and that was very important to us and we, we needed the ritual in that space. But there's so little beforehand and there was this like month or two leading up to it when we knew this was going to happen and like what what ritual captures that space and the and and it's just it's very hard to find your own footing as you're as you're going through these difficult things um our jewish community locally and and online was 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 lovely i will say the challenge of one of the challenges of the mourning process is that in the Jewish community, people show up for Shiva and they know that during the week of mourning afterward, you know, you show up, you have, you have services, you hear about, you know, normally you, you spend time listening to the stories about the one who's no longer there. And we didn't have those stories. We had hopes of what we wanted. But we didn't have a lifetime of stories about him to share with others. And that's really hard in that space to feel like we only had a few pictures after he was born, but very little to share. Um, that was, that was hard for us. I will say the hospital stay, they could have been better. And, um, you know, when you, when you give birth in a hospital room, with pictures on the wall all about, you know, how to breastfeed and yay, you're having a baby when you're having a baby who is not going to have the chance to do that is very jarring. And some of the hospital staff were incredible and wonderfully compassionate and helped us along. And thankfully we had a, we had a doula who we worked with who was also very, very supportive. And some of the hospital staff really didn't know what to say. And you could tell they themselves were, they felt like they needed to say something to cheer us up. And the things that they said weren't at all helpful. And I wish the hospital staff had more training on how to be more supportive to families going through. When you say is is interesting because it brings up two points. The first is I I don't I'm not 100% sure why this is and it's kind of bothersome even for me for us now after having a miscarriage seeing that the hospitals aren't really separating the emergency let's say miscarriage or stillbirth to actual delivery. So that's obviously the first time I think maybe the hospitals need to separate the wards completely because it's very sad when someone is having a miscarriage or having a stillborn and they don't necessarily want to see that young mother, you know, walking around with, with a baby, uh, you know, a healthy child there. Um, so 
I think there's definitely education that needs to go on in the hospital setting and, and see what we can do in that sense. I mean, you, you hit it right on the nose in that you're seeing these pictures up on the wall and you're like, okay, this is nice, but now what? Like, we can't, we're not taking part in that. And he said also in the Shiva, you didn't have much, much to say and people didn't know what to say. So I'm wondering, and obviously every, every experience is different. The, what, what's the conversation that needs to be ha- held around the world? Even in, let's say, the, you know, the Jewish community about these topics, like how do we get people to engage about it? Because it's nothing to be ashamed of or embarrassed about or sad about, or, you know, it's a sensitive topic, yes. But at the same time, it's a very, very important topic that people need to really understand. And the same thing goes back to education, right? Even in middle school and high school, or when someone's getting married in, in their Hassan and Kala classes, that that needs to be discussed and I just feel like it's completely left out and not not discussed I agree I agree and we the Jewish community for better and for people will get married and have kids and everything will be smooth and we are designed for families and for the people who don't have them, it can be very isolating and very and very lonely. And and of course, I don't begrudge those families who do have kids. It's a wonderful thing for them. And for those of us who don't and want them, I wish that every Jewish community did a better job of reaching out to everyone in their midst and also providing space for those who have challenges to be able to share them and there is a lot of stigma and a lot of shame and a lot of you know what's wrong with me that I couldn't have a child naturally and I know that that's not a healthy thought but it is one that every parent who goes through this has to work through and uh, in our case we're still learning that there are some genetic issues at play probably behind all of but I want I want rabbis to talk about these issues publicly. I want the Jewish world to have conferences and trainings about how do we support the parents who've gone through this. I want books and resources. We had, I think, two books that we found that gave us some Jewish wisdom around these issues, and we need so many more. What were those books? Uh, so one of them was uh, the book from the mikvah that I mentioned, the again from Maim Chaim, and I, um, a, a very valuable uh, resource for us, and um, definitely helpful along the fertility journey. And the other one was by a rabbi who had gone through um who had gone through child loss herself and put together some some resources and some rituals um for that as well both of those books were very very helpful to us i'm glad you found those and yes people need to write more books and talk about them more and not be afraid of where are you on your journey now? I know you're six months out of having, you know, a stillborn. How are how are you healing? 
Are there any pieces of advice you give other people going going through this at this point? Where where are you at this point? Where am I? Six months later. The short answer is it depends on the day. And some days are better than others. Um, there have been a number of things that have really supported me during this journey, of course. Sherry and I have talked about this and knelt each other and listened and cried and, 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 and therapy is a good thing and, and, and other healing modalities have been very helpful for me. Uh, we started a Wednesday morning online in Shamaria's name, which is every, every Wednesday morning at 8.30 Eastern. And we have a rotating cast of uh, service leaders and it's nice to, nice to be a part of that. And Sherry is working on a, on a mosaic that will, that will live behind our Shabbat candles that we'll be able to see, um, remembering him. And I'm starting to work on an album of, of his melodies. And I feel like these are ways in which we are trying to connect to him and continue his legacy. We're bringing some more uh, music to our synagogue in his name as well. And, you know, I, I want to say that none of that is anywhere close to enough. And I would give it all back to have the opportunity to raise a healthy child. And all we can do is make the meaning we can. And it's hard and we miss him a lot. We miss him every night from the time he was implanted until he was born and we just decided we would keep singing to him and we still do but it's i i i want to know that he can hear us and i want to know that the holy one is looking after him and hopefully our ancestors too but at the end of the day we just miss him and god willing we will at some point be blessed with a child who's healthy who we can raise in our home together but in the meantime, the space where we wish he were is hard to hold some days. I can imagine. I've, uh, I'm going to ask a hard question next because it comes up in conversation a lot. With people going through this struggle, having a stillborn, going through IVF, obviously it comes out to communication. Um, how do you know? I don't know where you are at this point. Feel free to say you're not comfortable answering it whatever you whatever you feel how do you know when it's necessarily the right time you know to try again like have you had that conversation to say okay we went through this journey now we're healing we're healed we want to start the process all over again or are you kind of at the point where it's like we went through this this is too much like now let's look at other avenues either adoption or other surrogacy or other means it's a it's it's a good question and I don't I don't think there's a one there's no one answer that's going to work for everyone of course I think in our case I think at least for the few month first few months we just had to put the conversation on hold it was just too much to even consider the last month or two we have started having that conversation again about exploring different options and we're looking into a few of them and and we're waiting on some genetic testing to see 
um, how that might impact and whether we should pursue other options. And um, we don't yet know what the next right option is for us. And, um, and I will say that we, we learned the, the, the genetics team, our, our doctors, you know, when they, when they could see him on the scan, um, they could see what was happening and what was not happening. And they, they did some blood work and it, it came back that there was a genetic mutation, um, a deletion in the ninth chromosome that is associated with Kleefstra syndrome, among other things. And uh, it turns out that I have a deletion in my ninth chromosome as well. And we're waiting to see what that might mean. And nobody ever thinks about that at the beginning of the fertility journey. We just think, great, we'll get married, we'll get pregnant, we'll have kids, everything will be wonderful. And we've learned so much, but it's a great unknown at the moment. And I can only hope that in the right time and in the right way, we'll have the chance to raise a healthy child together. God willing, as they say, you know, it'll eventually everybody has a plan. You know, you never know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen, but at least thank God we have that science from the doctors and to go through that, to figure out the process. It is, it is a journey. There are ups and there are downs. And ultimately, one hopes that it'll, 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 it'll prevail. But remember, guys, you are not alone. As you see, Elan went through this. My wife and I had miscarriage. We went through IVF. You know, that's kind of how Men's Helpline evolved is because of these struggles. And we're here for you. We want to want to help you through it. And anything you need, feel free to reach out. I'm sure Elon's happy to have a chat with you, um, you know, in person or on the phone. Feel free to reach out to him or to me or to anyone, really. And just keep the conversation going. Remember that. Elon. I'm certainly happy to be a resource. And if there's anyone who wants to be part of our Facebook community or just wants to reach out, I'll... I'll... You have my email. You can put it in the show notes. And um, anyone who wants to reach out to me, I'll be honored to be a resource. I, I hope and pray that as few families as possible go on this journey. But I also hope and pray that we will do a better job supporting those families who are, because they deserve our love and our support, just like everyone else. For sure. Thank you again, Elon, for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You've just listened to another great episode of Men Talk with Daniel Landau. If you've suffered from miscarriage, infertility, stillbirth, or infant loss and want to open up about it, reach out. We'd love to have you on the show. You can also join our Facebook group, or if you'd like to get involved and start a chapter in your neighborhood, visit our website, www.menshelpline.org today. Until next week, stay strong, and remember, you're not alone.